0: Hello, oh, and welcome back to another week of the DP World Tour Picks and Bets. This is Skylar Hope here with you. Tom Jacobs, how are we doing?
1: Good. I mean, if we just reload the introduction from last week of we've had another second place finisher, blah, 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 we should just bet on who's to finish second. Uh, we're good, right? You know, kind of see him again, finishes his second. Um, one thing I would say, never really looked like he was going to win. So it's not like one of those like uh, heartbreaking ones. He's just had another good Sunday to get himself up there. Um it's what I don't know what you take from it, Skylar. Like, do we take from it like he's good at playing on Sunday when there's no pressure? A little bit like a a Matt Kuchar of old on the PJ tour? Or is it the next time he finds himself in that position of contending going to be able to convert?
0: Yeah, I think even so looking at the odds board this week, I have some similar thoughts on on guys around there that haven't kicked that last gear. Like I mean, Zalator is winning yesterday, okay? It's his first win ever. And yeah. we can talk even more on that because how, how, you know, really solidifying that was for him. But there was, I didn't view him as somebody who I didn't trust on Sundays, you know, or, or wasn't to that caliber because, well, he's been in two playoffs this year. He's played incredible in the biggest of stages, just fell short. And I just don't know if we've seen that type of Sunday out of Connor's. I mean, when he's been in that position, it has not gone. Gone well, you know. Like even like with Shinkwin, like Shinkwin has gotten over the line before. It, it wasn't pretty. He's, he's collapsed on some Sundays too. But like, yeah. I even feel I would have felt a little bit better there. I mean Ramsey. Yeah, it's just when we're betting, it's been a stretch of low odds winners, man. Like it's what been you know four in a row, right? Like it's it's, it's basically getting, been in like, the
1: twenties, right? Every time, like
0: yeah. And that's rarely where we're we're like. Starting our cards and have we adjusted a little bit to it? Probably because of the strength of fields, definitely have a factor, but um yeah, man, it's uh it's just like a weird window of time, I feel like, on the DP World Tour.
1: Yeah, I think like you and Ferguson is another one like Shinkwin that's just we we've seen him do it once, whilst he's we've also seen him collapse. You never quite know um how it's gonna go. And and to be honest, he played really well. I was kind of expecting all day long to to kind of come backwards, uh, maybe a little bit just hoping because I had someone in the mix. But, um, you know, I think what he showed is how important it can be to get off to a really fast start, which could could go uh, foreshadowing to one of our uh, picks later on. But I think he, he's someone that obviously took advantage of that fast start when he shot a 61 and never really had to do much more after that.
0: Yep, yep, 100% agree. Um, yeah, I think repeating last week's kind of uh, opening, the other part is, man, like yesterday – on the PGA Tour, of course, you know, with Zal Torres like that that win felt in similar ways to what Ju Young Kim's win was, you know, like, I mean, you had him on Lost for Words what, before this whole run, you know, I've been tracking him for years, like, it's a little bit different because, I mean, when they win at 25 and 40 to 1, it's not like the... Shock the world type of moment, but man, it it was just great to see that emotion out of him. That putt on eighteen in regulation was one of my favorite memories of the year. You know, do you, and, you
1: think he thought he'd won then? Because he was uh, very pumped, and I, I, it's weird because everyone's kind of. There's been some criticism of him of how he spoke about it when he did it. And I don't really agree with that. Like, I think it's quite cool. I think yeah. I think he tagged Steph Curry in it, so he's probably just literally quoting yes. what Steph Curry's like. I man, I don't actually know that yeah. at the moment. Yeah, um, but. Like he's getting some like proper abuse, and I do wonder if he actually thought he'd won and kind of forgotten that Stracker had got a chance to still beat him.
0: <laughs> it's like uh, it's like when Spieth uh, made the bunker shot; um, yeah. and Daniel Berger had a twelve-foot birdie look to follow that they, they could have, um, you know, really ruined that. I, I actually thought—I mean, Sep almost made that right afterwards too. I mean, that he did really good part. Yeah, really, Sep-
1: like, like, so, I on mean, that, seventeen and eighteen. Right.
0: This is this is golf, like. By far, I think Zao play in the playoffs or even down the stretch was, in my opinion, the worst of the three events he got in the playoffs for, you know, and or into the like actual playoffs with List and then with JT and then here like plays definitely the worst and ends up winning, you know, it's just how fickle. Like a, yeah, a playoff it, it, is he he is. wasn't
1: good yesterday in that playoff. Like, I, I know he's got a formula in terms of, this like, decade and, and how he keeps hitting driver there and stuff like that. But, like, when you do it three times in a row and it hasn't worked, you probably should stop doing it. And he just kind of got away with the fact that Stricker decided to take some ridiculous line for a second time in a row after getting away with it the first time. Um, and then I'm assuming that Stricker mishit that shot on the par three because he can't have been aiming at the flag. I
0: mean, that was bad. That was uh... – yeah, the gamesmanship I think by Will—I don't think he was ever going to hit that ball. No, but, never. But, no,
1: they literally but, uh, just iced him
0: out. Yeah, like I mean, it was it was great. I mean, that was that was phenomenal. And then also, I don't want to miss what uh, my my it's Maja I think Maja Stark is how they pronounce her yeah. first name. That and Lynn Grant Sunday the two times the the LET and I guess the LPGA yesterday have played simultaneously with the DP World Tour. I mean, those two girls are unbelievable. Um, uh, those were some incredible Sundays. I mean, she's a 10 under. Um curious how similar setups were to like the Scandinavian mix. If it was a cross invitational type of thing, would have it what have it been the, the similar type of situation? And what if she just blown away the field just like Lynn Grant did the last time?
1: Yeah, it could have been. And I think um, you know, Lynn Grant, Meier Stark, uh the kind of the answer, the Swedish answer to you know, the yeah. twins on twins the, on, the, <laughs> on the men's tour, right? Like yeah. you've kind of got these kind of like young emerging Swedish talents, whereas uh, Denmark seems to be the hotbed at the moment for the men's tour. So we've had a Kilda and things like that. So I it's, it's really interesting dynamic for golf right now. I mean, there's been a lot of in the dumps uh, feelings about golf uh, of late, uh, which is only going to get worse, I think, over the next couple of months. But, you know, we enjoy coming back to this every week and, and the field's okay for this Prague, uh, this Czech Masters, sorry.
0: Yeah, I I think the last the last two weeks have been some of my favorite of the golf year overall, you know, so um, and that leads right into the other part of heading on with golf is we had 25 graduates on the Corn Ferry Tour. Um, And then we have the Corn Ferry Tour finals starting up this coming week, going to have some content on Mayo Media Network um, this week on that too. But there's definitely some DP World Tour guys that are coming over for the three event swing trying to steal a, a tour card. Um, from that, and I mean, steel is probably a bad word, trying to earn their tour card um, through that swing. Last year, they were very successful. Kiriyama, Rai, Schwab um, were, were three of the top ones that did it. Um, I thought we might see actually a little bit more of the DB World's Tour guys that were eligible. Anyone that you have uh, eyes on over there?
1: M- Matty Schmidt has gone over there, hasn't he? He got so, in with uh, the
0: he, with the Bubba resignation.
1: Yeah, so I'm assuming he would be probably one of the popular. I think he's probably destined to play over there at some point. Um, I've got to be honest, I haven't looked too much into who else is going over there at the moment. I've just I think mean, is Helicilder over there as well.
0: So he did not go over, he was eligible. So this is a little bit weirder with him because his top ten would earn him into this week. He probably would have been eligible either way, but for sure had, had a spot in this week's event, not playing, playing next week in his home country, but eligible to play on the Corn Ferry. I guess I do struggle with the fact of guys, I guess, not taking the shot. You know, Good, like, like, when, is like, Bo- like McIntyre's not there. Guido's not there. And they yeah. were eligible for non-member points. You know, you get to see Yannick Paul. Even Jamie Donaldson's playing um, so I just, I mean, Guido is in a spot where he is fighting for his DP World Tour card too. So it's not exactly the same situation as McIntyre. Maybe some of these guys don't, don't want to. Like Peters, Peters could go play it if he wanted to. I don't think he's, he just doesn't want to play PJ Tour golf all the way through. Um, I think, I, think I don't with know. Peter's
1: like, at least he has tried to do it. Like yeah. him, Matt Wallace, and things like that they've tried, they've tried to balance the, um, you know, the, the two cards. And I think, um, you know, Matt Wallace spoke about the fact of how difficult it is to balance those two cards, especially when you're not in uh, the major fields and stuff like that. So I think, I think for someone like Peters, it's probably like a, a really good decision because he knows that being the star on the DP World Tour is, is probably more beneficial to him. But yeah, like you say, some of the younger guys and, and the guys that haven't really broken through on the DP World Tour even should definitely be over there trying to give it a crack.
0: Yeah, I mean, some of them that I thought would have, I mean, Chan Kim's in there, I guess I don't really, you know, throw him as a DP World Tour player, but Helikilda, to your point, um not taking advantage. Um how Tong is playing. Um so imagine How Tong with uh with the tour card <laughs> next year. That would be electric. Kovstad is teeing it up this week, I believe, on the DP World Tour versus he is. Yeah. going to play. So that's another like, you know, kind of interesting one um from from that standpoint. And then Scrivener is also playing Burmester is the favorite in the field. Um and and he's coming over with it. But yeah, like guys like Kanaya McIntyre, McIntyre. Um, Minwoo is playing, but Kanaya McIntyre choosing not to. Dietrich is playing as well. Um, yeah, so we could see some of our favorites with with tour cards, um, you know, in, in the span of a, a month from now and teeing it up in the fall swing and, and their lives. I mean, a lot of those guys are – I think everyone that we mentioned is coming back. Yeah, for sure, on the next year on the PGA Tour, they all pretty, pretty much easily – uh, retained their PGA tour cards um, for Kitayama, Rai, and, and Schwab. So excited to have a few more guys get over there.
1: Yeah, I think, I think it's, it's always good, right? I mean, uh, even like Yannick Paul and Jeremy Paul are obviously playing over mm-hmm. there as well, aren't they? So um, really interesting to see how they got on. Is it Jeff Overton's playing in that field? I've just been. Yeah, I don't know. how Overton. Uh... Uh, that, that's an interesting one. I, I, I like to see that he's back after he's, he's obviously had some really tough. Uh, Tough times. But yeah, I think to your, you know, to your original point, Vincent Norman and Matthew Schmid would probably be the two standouts. And to be honest, given the length of time that Norman actually spent over here, he's probably he's probably more considered a Corn Fairy tour guy than he is a DP, but Tour all right. But uh, yeah. Schmid would certainly be a loss.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And Schmidt opened up like 33 to one. He was one of the top guys there. So there's not too much that is being slept on from a talent perspective, but definitely we we'll talk some previews on that um, later in the week. Uh, but let's dig into, to our event here um, yep. on the DP world tour side. So we have uh, the D and D real check masters. Uh, we'll be at the Albatross golf resort um, for the week. Um, and we've seen this course uh, quite a, a bit over the last few years. And, the thing that I love about this event, I normally pass it over um, to you kind of for the course uh, action, but I woke up this morning with a direct line on how I was how I was betting this event. So we saw Veerman win this in 2021. Runners-up were Tapio Polkinen and Sean Crocker. We saw Thomas Peters win for the second time in 2019. Runner-up, Audrey Arnaz. Those five golfers right there, like – they have one aspect that is far superior about their game than anything else. Some of them, kind of their only asset. If you talk about Tapio, like you know, driving the ball better than anybody else in the field. That is what those guys do. Now you could be thrown off a little bit with Andrea Pavan being a winner here. Now this is pre-injury Pavan, so you know his shoulder wasn't limiting the same off the tee ability. There has been other guys that have been a little bit more of plotters. Do well, but when you go up and down, I mean, Burmeister has played well here. Uh, Poke, who also got his long, you go back to 2019, Hugo Leone was in the mix. Hugo Leone was very accurate and long off the tee, um, just very successful when it came to his driving. EVR at the time, you know, one of the the better drivers, just to me, it screams a line of thinking, uh, from success when you look at that. And I am just dialed at one, one aspect of, of the way I'm kind of forming my card this week, and I think many else are across the industry.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, it's it's the easy line, right? And I think I do think you can mix in one or two with the different skill sets. It's just they have to do it a different way. You know, like Lee Slattery's obviously contended. Adria Pavan and Paul Peas in the one. Jamie Donaldson was decently long, but not the longest, and Bradley Dredge certainly wasn't. So, um, you, you know, you can do it in different ways. But, yeah, I think to your point, if you're if you're just trying to look at a skill set, Um, you know which way to go. And it's probably the safest way to go rather than trying to bank on them doing something else really, really well.
0: Yep, that's kind of um, my thoughts going into the week. So if you start from the overwhelming favorite, the golfer who has won here twice and also has two other top 10 uh, finishes in his last five appearances here, Thomas Peters, an overwhelming favorite. as short as 6-1, to one, um, kind of on the books you follow up by Victor Perez. And then beyond that, Tom, if I had to have a market that said second-place finish this week, only second-place finish, and that was all you could bet, that selection to the week for me is Richard Mansell. He falls into that category, in my opinion, of Connor Seam. Of, it's so obvious, but the numbers so short. He's incredible driver of the golf ball, but has he ever had a Sunday that you like, oh, okay, he's getting there? In my yeah. opinion, no. So I would put him bang on for that T2 market.
1: Yeah, he, he's definitely... Uh, I mean, when when I try and get these T2s, I'm going for the win, whereas with him, I would be absolutely delighted with a second-place finish with Richard Mantle, uh, hoping that he got into first by eight shots and then lost. Um, Interesting. It's really hard because he's actually not been out at this level for that long of a time, and he's one of those guys that actually hasn't found himself really, really in the mix. Like, we think about, like, they always talk about how it was a long time coming for Crocker. And I think it was this time last year that you really felt he actually had a chance of winning. I mean, he was, he'd made four birdies, Crocker, between nine and 12, and then bogeyed, I think, 15 and 16 before birdie in the 18th. Like, he had a decent chance and, and had the lead at one point. But I don't really remember Mansell ever having the lead and and looking like he should have won. Like, it's not that, right? Like he's been in contention and he's fallen away, but I don't think he's ever really felt the heat of it. So um, we don't actually know what he would be like in that position because he hasn't really got there.
0: Yeah. I remember betting him on the challenge his first event back and he kind of was in the thick of it. Um, never really was like a runaway or or it might've been tied for first and even yeah. melted on that Sunday. And I just kind of had a, had a tough taste in my mouth um, when it comes to the numbers, you know, that are 20 to one. Um, we're both kind of starting our cards, uh, a little bit deeper. On, I mean, if you, you looked into, um, oh, I guess, no, I've missed there. If we stay in, I guess the lower twenties, you know, you have Pepperell coming in there. we also have kind of a slew of, uh, live golfers that are just now playing this event. You know, Poulter's here, Henny Duplessis is here. Lori Cantor is playing um so a little odd there but tell us why you are going through the golfer back to the golfer that you were just talking through who who showed signs of life before his first win
1: yeah so i think for you know we've talked about sean crocker enough on this show that anyone that follows it now is going to know what i'm going to say you know he's, he's ultimately one of the best ball strikers on tour i mean i think a couple of people have actually mentioned he's got the best swing they've ever seen like which is pretty ridiculous considering he actually took up golf quite late um and didn't play an awful lot um before turning pro right but like He, um, like I said, he made four straight birdies here on on the um, start in the back nine last year and and it was 14 and 15 that he bogeyed and those were the first time that week that he bogeyed it. So you could tell the pressure kind of got to him but I would like the fact that he rallied back with a birdie on 18 and the miscut last time out was absolutely expected. Like I'm pretty sure he got almost completely hammered to the point that he might actually have passed out um, after his first win and you just don't expect it, right? Like he's a guy that, Expects to win, uh, celebrated to win. He's got a very good relationship with his caddies. Obviously, been criticized for that as well with the, the dropping of the putter, which yeah. we won't get into. Um, but I just think ultimately he's a, he's a really high level player that I expect. We always said that once he gets one, we think he'll kick on and do better things. And if we're sticking to that kind of theory, then I'm going to go right back to him because I think he's only 41st in the race to Dubai, even with the win. So there's there's really a, a lot of motivation to kind of climb that because there's going to be a couple of guys drop out above him from from the lift switch over so you get a really good chance of getting to the you know the final and, and making a run it
0: yeah no I mean if you talk about people that, that is my one fear I guess with the week and the way I've structured my card is I mean you look at Peters you look at Perez Mansell Henny Crocker Thriston, Cantor you know veerman like you look at all these golfers listen to pretty much the entirety of sub 40 to one they're all pretty dang good drivers of the golf ball the best golfers on any tour almost all of the time you know they are very good and they're very long off the tee you know it's, it's tough to be an elite golfer without that skill set um yeah. so i guess that is the fear because you could make some sort of a case that hey all of these guys can do it but um that's kind of where I draw my line off because I think there's still some good value, even in each way markets, when we get to some of the, you know, elite, in my opinion, drivers from either a distance perspective or overall strokes game um, off the tee. And, and that first one has to be the longest guy on the planet. And that is Wilco Ninever. Um, You know, Wilco comes out finishing 23rd last week, you know, I, I'm almost glad there wasn't strokes gain statistics that didn't come out of the DP world tour. Cause every time you look at him, he's gaining so much off the tee, he loses it more from his approach game. And then, you know, he clearly can find a little bit of short game with it. And that might be the combo you just need. You just need to drive it. You put it well, and, and that can put you in a spot. And he has that uh, in his tank. We know he's literally, you know, 20 25 30 yards longer than the field every single time you tease it up so if i'm going to go this route there was no chance i'm leaving wilco off the betting card he's bet down from 50s all the way to 35s already this morning um so he's very popular and i think it's for very good reason
1: yeah i think you know like you say he's the perfect skill set i did want to bet him um i just felt like the number was there to basically talk you out of it they don't want to take the action and and um, the guy that we're going to come on next, that we both kind of agree on felt like the better uh, value in this market. Cause I just, I know he's so hit and miss. And the reason he's so hit and miss is because his skill set is kind of one thing, right? Like he hits the ball an absolute mile and he needs to tidy up the rest of it. But I think he's another one where we don't really know quite what he's going to be like. I know he's had a couple of times where he's, he's kind of falling back from contention, but I still don't think we truly know what Neen Arbour is.
0: Yeah, I agree. Like he could be, one of the best players in the world, like with that with that skill set. You know what I mean? Like that is he and he definitely doesn't take enough advantage of it from no. from like
1: that, that's what concerns maybe.
0: It's it's very raw. And potentially that, that's where in a field like this, I mean you get him at a shorter number. But yeah, I mean it could it could definitely, you know, he has a, a huge standard deviation of of the way kind of his output is and he could win. He could, he could easily miss cut. And that's probably tough to say for somebody you're betting at 35 to one. When you have a golfer like Paul Waring, who we're both backing this week, um, who's definitely shown elite form um, recently in a stretch of golf and to get these guys basically at the same number um, one seems off, whether Nina is too short or Waring is too long. Um, I, I have a struggle thinking that that many golfers are in better form than Paul Waring. So he absolutely wasn't the card. And for an old man, he, he can still drive, drive it very, very well. Um, what else you got on wearing?
1: Yeah. I thought I, I was looking out basically just driving distance, today, which I never really do. I normally just look at a straight skin off the tee or tee screen in total. Right. And I just thought sort I'd of look at just raw off the tee. And I always kind of talk about wearing being this kind of much longer guy than he's ever been before. And he actually isn't hitting it as far as I thought, like on average, um, I don't think that necessarily is the best statistic because obviously sometimes they're not playing driver off the tee that, you know, I, it could just be the courses that he's played and stuff. Right. But I, I do think that he's driving it really great. I think he's hitting the ball just really nicely and he's been 19th and 30th here, either side of two missed cuts. And when he was 19th, it was like many years ago, but like he was third after around one and seventh after 54 holes. And I don't I have to be honest, I haven't looked at the form he was in that year because I didn't think it was that relevant, but to me, that points to the sign that he was already a good golf course for him. Now he's added length, no matter whether it's more than we think or not. Um, and that's just a really good thing. And, and kind of back to your point on Nina, but like you look at who's won here before, like Hayden Porteous was basically the same guy in 2017. Like his his asset was, you know, a long drive of the ball beyond other people. I mean, he was fifth on tour that year in driving distance, uh, average 309 to 291 tour average. So um, Ninaba could certainly do what Porteous does. And I think there's been, we were kind of talking, Jason was kind of talking about this. Like, there's been a lot of South African guys that have been touted as like the next big thing and haven't really materialized. And Porteous was one of them after getting two early wins. Um, and Ninaba could be the next one. Like it's just, it just feels like they've got some potential to fulfill. Yeah.
0: Yep. Definitely. Um, yeah. Wearing is gained off the T in seven consecutive events. One stat that I will um, definitely you know, say that I, I utilize for this week and, and, and a big fan of is his data golf does a great job at kind of aggregating world stats, adjusting for field strength and does it by strokes gained categories. And they have Paul Waring as a top 50 driver in the world. Um, so, you know, to me, just you, you pack factor that with how he's also playing right now. And, and it's just a, a really good combination for it. Um, I agree with that. Yeah. So that that's kind of been, you know, one of my relying factors that I look on for there. And if I keep going on, you know, I it's like we haven't seen, when we kind of you get this stretch of golf, okay, and you aren't playing, and I think this is very common, you know, like you just fall off from people's radar and you end up getting into a price range that most of the time doesn't make sense. Because if you told me Will Besseling, you know, played two of the last three events finished t12 t18 he would probably be in that that low 30s you know you could make it probably a good case if one of them was a top 10 that he's 28 to one and and when i factor in that driving this is where he has impressed me so much i mean basically what since i would say on basically the calendar year he has been positive in every single if not just below field average in every single event off the tee except one event at you know at the porsche where he finished second very very good off the tee u.s open he was one of the best golfers in the field off the tee i mean if you look where he ended up finishing off the tee he was uh, guys that made the cut, Woodland, Fitzpatrick, and then Bessling was the third golfer. You go Scheffler below him, Rom, Cantley. What a bunch of golfers to kind of be around when it kind of shows your skill set for the first time on that stage. So, you know, he plays the the Scottish after that, the Irish, like you know, it just hadn't been, we haven't seen him in a good amount of time. And and to really look at what skill set matters the most to me, and I would say Manzel is, is the best driver on the DP World Tour. Chinquin. Is, is probably the second one. It's a Canter. You know now he's not on the tour anymore. But Canter was one of the best. But I would put Will Bessling kind of in that same category, and it's just slept on. And I think getting him as long as fifty to one this week is a steal.
1: I think. But my only concern with like Bessling was like one you've already addressed. He hasn't played a lot. He obviously hasn't played since the Scottish Open. And like I never really expected him to have so much of an impact in the Scottish Open now. The one thing I would say is that he looked like he took a massive step forward over the last couple of seasons um, and he kind of showed that like you said at the US Open and people will think a 56th place finish doesn't look great but you know you've got to look at how he got there and, and what happened right which you've done. But one concern of it is like I, I just said that he's taken a step forward and he hasn't really strung results together and that kind of concerns with, like 21st miscut, ninth, miscut, 23rd miscut, 2nd, 56th like it, it's just really unpredictable and I think coming off a really big break, I don't know how that's going to help. I, it could be, it can go one of two ways. I'm going to be really well rested, works in his game, and be absolutely brilliant, or he's going to be rusty. And because I don't know, because he hasn't seen the golf course, or to my knowledge, he hasn't seen the golf course. Um, it just worries me. If he, if he had already had a top ten here or something like that, I'd just go straight on him because you know he's got the familiarity. But I just think having to come to a new golf course and uh, not have played that would be my only concern. But to, like all your points are completely taken aboard, and he was certainly two or three guys off the of being on, on the card
0: yeah and, and that's to me like where I don't know, with what the fields are i mean this field definitely is better than, than the previous two weeks um but it's still not anything into the the echelons of some of the better dp world tour um events so i think i just don't want to overlook that skill set that matters to me and it's like Absolutely. okay skill set yeah. the numbers line up and, and i don't know if anyone's gonna be on him because of, of that amount of time off and you know if I'm staying in that line of thinking I, I think we can keep going with it and and that leads me I, I think you said last one off for, for your guy. So let's go actually no we'll, we'll go to our, our for sure guy that we're both on here. Um I mean there's no way we were going this week without betting Gaviners. I was betting Roko and I was betting Gavin Green. I was taking it to the window. Those guys could be the one-two exactor right there. I mean, Gavin Green showed out um, on the Asian tour last week through 36 holes, almost held on enough where uh, I think a birdie on the last and a 72nd could have got him into the winner's circle. Um, definitely probably should have won the event. He could have won, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. But that's why he's 75-1 this week, Tom, and we're jumping back
1: up. Well, this is the thing. Like, we, I think me and, and Ryan Baroff were about it yesterday. Like, it's actually a blessing in disguise that he kind of choked it away yesterday because he didn't really choke it away in the sense that, like, he went – because what I liked about it, I've kind of written it down here, like, he opened up par, bogey, double bogey, bogey to kind of put himself really far behind it. And then made four birdies since then. So he bounced back really well from it. The, the trouble was he played three par fives towards like over the last 12 holes or whatever and didn't make a birdie on either of them. But when you look back at throughout the week as well, they weren't necessarily birdie holes. So it may just be doing him a little bit of a disservice. He should have really made a couple of birdies coming down the stretch and, and won it. Um but I would rather take the positives, right? Like Gavin Green is there. I mean, I don't want to give Ryan's picks away because he's probably posting stuff elsewhere. But he's definitely going to be on Green as well, as to my knowledge, right? I mean, so, I think
0: is it bet on on him too? Like
1: um, it would make sense, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, I think
0: he's the one that makes just the most sense of the the week, in my opinion.
1: And and if you're going to bet on him, you might as well bet him first round leader as well, because yeah. he's actually played here three times and twice he's been the first round leader. Open for like sixty-four both times, so definitely double your bets down um, on him.
0: Yeah. What about uh, uh, what's it called? I'm blanking on it. Uh, all four rounds in a row. What, what do they label that? Wire word? to wire. Wire to wire. There we go. Yeah, that would be Green.
1: huge, wouldn't it? Gary Green, you'd yeah. be like three hundred to one. Wire to wire Wire to
0: wire. Yep, I love um, it. Um, I like it. But yeah, I think um, you know he makes he makes so much sense. And again, I am sticking on. Our skill set here, Tom. I am thinking through what we have kind of known about this golfer and, and overlooking, you know, definitely some recent form worries in the sense of, you know, back to back miscuts um, after I'd say a decent stretch of golf. But if you're going to have somebody in the world that challenges Wilco for his distance and it's not Big Bad Bryson, it is Nicholas Norgard Mahler. Um, you know, every event he is clearing, you know, the field average by distance by 10, 15, 20 yards um, kind of fell apart there at the kazoo really, really bad kazoo when we were interested in him. Um, yeah. You know, I, I believe we definitely were interested there because he had shown well at the Barbasol. Um, and, you know, he come off back-to-back top tens earlier in June. Um, and again, I think he falls into that similar type of window when you have that skill but not really the rest of the game that's ever, you know, really at least popped all together. Um, is there that fear that it just doesn't, you know, have, I mean, the only truthfully the time that he put it together on the big stage was last year in 2021, where he finished top 10, his best ever finish on the DP world where he finished T eight. Um, so, you know, I think that, he definitely has it in his, in his tank to, to go out there and show out. Um, and if, if the driving distance is the factor molar can, can drive it with anybody in the world.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think again, he was the the guy for me that, that I found really hard to leave off. Right. Like it, you know, like you say to, to all your points, like he hits the boy exactly how you want him to. Was he fourth here last year?
0: Um, could it have been on a different like course? Or a different uh, maybe. Oh, it tour? was a check
1: Czech challenge he finished fourth. Right.
0: Okay.
1: Um, so he he's played well in this this part of the world already. And like I just he was another one that kind of concerned me that we had those kind of runs of made cuts, and it was like six in a row. Uh, got himself into a really good groove. Then he went over to um America, didn't he? play the two events over there, played well at the barbersaw, the Cut at the Barracuda, then he struggled at that because it open and it's it now depends on how he's going to come back from that. And I think he's being priced again, a little bit like Nina, but they they don't want to take a chance on him. So they're kind of trying to talk you out of betting them and and I'm listing them um, because he's probably anyone else. He's probably a hundred spun golfer. Um, But, but there's a reason for that. Like there's there's such a high ceiling, like you say, it's, it's kind of effortless distance as well, which is kind of what I like. He's not going to kind of hurt himself or anything like that. So um, looks like he's he's the perfect skill set. If that's what you want, and you say if if you put him in with the guys like Neighbor already you've got the two best, the two strongest drivers anyway in the field.
0: Yep. Yep. And and just this the way things have kind of been. I just think there is a path, and I'm going to really stick on the path. That more or less, there were guys that were on my kind of short list anyway. You know, from a form standpoint, and it kind of yeah. is is. View it as a tiebreaker, but also view it as as a as a leg up um, in some ways for it, especially because we've seen that that history repeat um, in, in that skill set. And I think once we get into you know the hundreds and beyond here, it becomes anybody's ball game. I know you don't have a selection um, kind of beyond here. I, I really dug through kind of the the weeds to find. Um, because if, if I was going to find it, I was going to again continue the same route. Is there any golfers who don't have laser rounds that you can find that have pure distance, or are there golfers that maybe popped up on a few different tours that Tour Tips tracks their yeah. their distance on? Um, maybe guys got spot starts in majors and and they showed up on things and just kind of really walked through it. I mean. Borja Virto, it's hard to get a read on how his skill set is. Finishes second was pretty strong, um, you know, all week long. He didn't really fold. I didn't think, um, you know, even just kind of got it out of reach. But do you go back to him after he had a couple top tens on the Challenge Tour and then finished second place? Um, I, I definitely was on the wrong amateur from the Open Championship last week. It was good to see Chelly play that well. Chelly is going to be playing next week's event, too. Um, so. Definitely have uh, kind of some, some interest there. Aman Gupta is back, but his skill set is more of a short game versus kind of the putter. So it just kind of left me going through anything I could find, um, you know, from from a distance standpoint. Bobby Bay is a really long golfer at times, but he also shot like an 84 in round two last week. Um, so I didn't want to go back to the well there. So before I go into my two, Tom, do you have anybody that that you thought of?
1: My final selection was Dan Heising. Oh, he's yeah. Heising, um, yeah. Who, he was kind of 80-1. to one. My he, bad. I got no, too excited
0: like, for the long I, shots. I,
1: I, was, I was well ready to just, you know, go back to him. It's fine. Um, so, he has been 36th, 3rd, and 15th his last three made cuts. He was 3rd at the halfway stage at the BMW International, and he's finished 23rd here on his only start. So, I just think he's playing some really good golf. Ranked ninth for Teeter Green the last time he played. Uh, weaker field is, is going to help him. So, uh, very short summer in Dan Heising, but I do like him uh, there was a, there was really like around this number now, like the, the triple digits Borgia Verto was one of them didn 't really yep. get there in the end um, Craig Howie for some reason pops up I thought there was um, some yeah, good he stuff on 10 him
0: last week didn't he? Yeah. He, he?
1: yeah yeah he played he played well and and I think that 's the second week in a row now or second event in a row now that he 's played well. if I remember rightly, uh, just looking back through so, so he was thirteenth last week, but he was twenty ninth three starts before that as well so just just playing some good stuff. And he was 7th fast round one at the Kazoo Classic and and kind of came backwards. So I um, thought that was interesting. I don't really know too much about Howie. I know he, he kind of flashes between the two tours. Um, so I didn't kind of dive in too much. Then there was uh, Hidalgo, who we've kind of been talking yep. about a little bit um, of late. And then I was kind of speaking to Ryan yesterday, and, and I can't get away from the fact that I think Tom Lewis is going to do something. And yeah. The, there's nothing to back it up, which is why I haven't ultimately gone there. I might still do it at the end of the week um, because he's now coming back over to the, the, the DP World Tour full-time, or I'm assuming he is, because he's moving back to, to England. Um, so I just wonder if he's ready to kind of rededicate himself, try to kind of take advantage of that Corn Ferry Tour, PJ Tour run, he didn't. Um, and, and I just think when he comes back, again, the results haven't shown you. Like, if he'd come back and finish top 10 you know, multiple times, then I would say, like, really going to get in on him, but hasn't. So... Really interested to see what he does. Kind of probably a watching brief for me on Tom Lewis just to see what to expect for the rest of the year. And then it was Hayden Porteous, I thought was actually like, I mean, he yeah. was 500-1 to 1, uh, on DraftKings this morning. Um, I don't know what he is now. Um, but, you know, he's played okay recently. Like, he's, he's played some decent stuff. He made a cut recently. He uh, just missed a cut last week, I think. And, you know, you talk about skill set, guys. He's obviously won here before, and he is the kind of Nina Moller type. So, um yeah, I, I would probably take a chance on Hayden Porteous especially if you can get that kind of 501 number now. I don't suppose it's still there, but he's got a win of 36th and 11th on his golf course. So if you if you want a high upside player, then Porteous would be
0: fine. I kind of liked Garrett Portis. Um I, I there, did as well. Uh, yeah. yeah, I thought he was close. Um, it was before... it
1: was the top Porteous market that comes to mind uh, <laughs> because he's got a ninth and 14th place finish here as well. Um, so they kind like, of both on my attention. Yeah. Um, I just I just felt like there was a lot of disparity between his price and like the other one. And I know it's pretty really weird just to compare the two Portices, but they're kind of both, they can just kind of flash at the same time, um or either or and I, I just thought that you know you can take five hundred to one or ninety to one of that goal, for probably just take the five hundred. Um yeah. but yeah, no, nothing nothing really else. I mean a couple of the old guard like Kjeldson and Slattery have obviously got decent course form here, but I don't want to rely on those.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think Again, I just went searching for for something specific personally, yeah. and and when it ended up kind of um, landing on what well, I guess I would find them diamonds in the rough for guys that you know realistically aren't, aren't going to probably end up getting on betting cards. It's more or less the top ten, or you know the. The top 20 market like David Dixon, even though he didn't play all that well, he made it to Sunday, had actually a pretty decent shot of being in that top 20 market last week. And that's enough um, kind of with those guys, you know, to really um, still have a decent payday. Um, And the first one for me that I come to um, is David Carey. So David Carey is as long as 300 to one. Um, So David Carey um, was in the Open Championship um, you might have recognized him because he looks like Bryson when Bryson used to wear that Puma hat or the, the little uh, hat that he would wear. Um, and, and David Carey ended up making the cut um, at the Open Championship. You know, nothing spectacular there. T62, I think he had one round under par. Uh, but I digged through kind of the data and looking at it. So he was 11th in distance that week at the Open Championship um you know so he played there he he was about 12 yards longer than the field average played at the hero open he was pretty dang good um from a distance standpoint there as well um he is primarily an alps tour player he like shot a 57 um a couple years ago if you ever heard that story um he it was like a par. it was like a par 69 though it wasn't like a like a true 57, but still um, has that. But, he, you know, he I believe he was a winner in 2019 on the Elp store. Yeah. Hasn't, you know, realistically has not shown much success outside of um, kind of those flashes in the pan. And last week, you know, was his best, in my opinion, finish outside of the Open Championship that he's ever had. I mean, it made cut at the Open Championship when you look in this field, um, you know, that was there – maybe maybe like a handful of other guys maybe, you know, played better than he did on the biggest stage in the world. Um, So, you know, very strong for somebody of of that liking. And then you come out last week, and and last week he kind of had some sneaky life. And I say this in in a way that, you know, Barclay Brown had similar kind of flashes where you see a 67 in the opening round for David Carey, a 68 on Saturday. And, And, you know, those rounds weren't, you know, reproduced on on friday and sunday but enough to have still a, a decent week you know a quarter of the field only made it to sunday he did there and driving distance was leading his way for it so carry is the first one for me um, that i'm going into and those 300. you could find him at, and then the second one he I, I could not figure out and i actually still can't figure out how in the world this guy is getting starts on the dp world tour but steven stallings has now played three weeks in a row he also got all the way through to Sunday this past week. Um, Stallings is out of Kentucky um, last week, so he finished you know 28th, opened um, and, 69-68. And his, you know, when you look into his data, he has had some PGA Tour starts. He gained 1.22 strokes per round off the tee at the Barbasol Championship. He was above average. Um, so if you look at that, that would have been of guys that made the cut actually he was number one in strokes gained off the tee in a PGA tour event. So like, okay, you know, that kind of shows a little something there. He had also played the American express earlier this year, T25 at the American express. So we're looking at a golfer here at 350 to one that has a 25th at a PGA tour event this year. I, I'm not sure we've ever seen that Tom from, from that perspective of looking at it. I mean, you know, that, that isn't by any means a strong event, but, it is a heck of a lot stronger than what's being teed up, you know, this week. So we have two made cuts and two PJ tour events this year. And then last year he had a stretch where he played, I believe five or six PJ tour events could not putt for the life of him in them. But every single one of these events, he was at least 10 yards longer than the field average in distance. Um, he was an okay amateur um, at Kentucky. He got some starts in the Barbasol. He made the cut his first year out of school um, at the Barbasol in 2019, where he once again was really, really good off the tee, he gained a stroke per round. So of guys that made the weekend, he was inside the top 10 um, in that, I actually think he was fourth in that event in strokes gained off the tee. So every single time that we get data on this guy, he's bombing it. Absolutely bombing it. So, you know, I think, that's enough where there's an unknown and it's 350 to one. And if I'm attacking this specific skill set, I am definitely pushing some chips in at the top five, top 10, top 20 markets for Steven Stallings this week.
1: Yeah. So a couple of things on both of those golfers. First of all was uh, going back to kind of um, carry was they'd actually played, I think he only finished 61st at the the hero open, but he actually shot a second round 67 Uh, And a final round 69. And it was kind of only the 76 on Saturday that really took him out of it. I mean, even the 71 on day one left him 100 off. So, like, the fact that he actually made the cut was a a pretty good success uh, after that second round. And to me, like, that's, like you say, it's probably enough to kind of start looking at people, right? And, you know, you don't want to just be, I mean, if if you were using these to kind of back a a 50, 60, 70, 80 to 1 goal for, I'd be like, Sky, let's, let's not keep doing it. But, like, Stephen Stallings is a guy that I just keep seeing. On the Monday qualifying, like because I know I've been seeing them a lot. Because every time I see it, I think, "Why is Scott Stallings happens to go to Monday qualifiers?" And it's not; it's Stephen Stallings. Um, and then I keep trying to look to see whether they're related, and then it would be a little bit like um, uh, the Anson Carlson thing all over again. That they're absolutely not related, and I just make it up. So, I'm not even going to try and fashion the fact that they're even related. Uh, are they, Sky? Do you know?
0: Uh, I'm not. I mean, the de- de- I definitely
1: not his are. son. Um, but I, f- I feel like Kentucky's like. Is that that sounds like somewhere close to where Scott Stallings was from,
0: maybe. Maybe.
1: Um, anyway, we can we can find that out after the show. There's not enough time. He's from, the, nor- he's from
0: the northeast. He's from Massachusetts, actually, because he wanted but, to play the US Open.
1: Close enough, right? So, um, not related, but but we're going to relate them anyway. But the same um, I mean just exactly. like Porteous, you know they're pro- Yeah, exactly. Garrett Porteous, Hayden Porteous, not even from the same country, but uh, and I think probably pronounced differently. I think it's like Porteous versus Portius. I don't know, that's not that different. Um, and then the other one, Sky, that I thought and this is going completely against the skill set. I believe I don't think he's ever been uh, a long golfer, but has had some good starts here and has played well last week. Paul done. It's like 600 to 1. Um, and I'm pretty sure he finished like 20th last week and he's got like two top twenties here. So if you, if we look at, uh, last week, he was pretty sure he was 20th. He missed,
0: uh, missed that. It was two weeks ago, two weeks,
1: two ago, weeks 20th. ago. So two weeks 20th. ago, he was 20th and he missed the cut last week. Um, but it was the third hole. It was the third round cut, right? Like it wasn't, it wasn't the third six hole stage
0: believe so yes
1: so he he was he was doing okay from from memory that he was playing 68 well 72
0: enough. 74 yeah yeah
1: so he, he'd he been okay until the final day and then you look at it, he's finished 16th and 23rd here which i think maybe given his lack of distance might be the upside of it but if you're looking for a guy that can can kind of post the top 20 i think Paul Dunn at a, a huge price is someone's to look at
0: Tom, I always leave this show just thinking there's no way these long shots are our place in this week, man. This is, we need one Th- that, that, makes the year Steven Stallings make our year. Okay. Let's do this. By the way, our,
1: our producer has confirmed that the Stallings are not related because someone okay. else as stupid as me has Googled that and said, is Steven Stallings Jr. Related to Scott Stallings? And they said they are unrelated, but share similar surnames. Now, one, it's a stupid question. That's a stupid answer. So they don't, they don't share similar surnames. They're exactly the same, apart from the fact that it's Fair. Junior versus not Junior. It's not even Senior. So it's not similar. It's exactly the same.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we can root on both of them this week if we want. You know, how about a Scott um, Stephen double? What
1: about what Here about a go. Stallings double? That that would yeah. be absolutely imagine if that happened. I'd just end um, the internet.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. then we're never showing up for our shows again. Never again. Saying. We ride after of the sunset. By the but, way, it's
1: Robin just one more? Because I know we have got to go in a bit. Is Robin Williams the? Uh, is he the golfer that has Tiger as his middle name? And all these years ago, they kept saying that he was a non, like the next Tiger Woods, and he's just been shit ever since. Um, because anyone that gets called the next Tiger Woods is shit. Um, but I'm pretty sure he was the guy that, like, when he was younger. Robin young
0: Tiger Woods, English teen golfing. Yeah,
1: there you go. He's he's like I'm pretty sure he was like from South Africa and then played in England, then got English nationality or whatever, and then just got called Tiger Woods. Basically, um, he's definitely not good enough to be called. Robin that, but
0: Tiger Williams, yeah.
1: I'm pretty sure he met him. I think it was like a Ryder Cup video.
0: He kind of got like decent form, like wherever he's playing.
1: Probably That's on like the back yeah, backyard, the, Euro, the backyard the tour or whatever. Tour. <laughs> um, but he, I mean. He's there. Tiger Woods.
0: Euro Pro Tour. Three, four top 40s in his last five events. All right, Tiger.
1: Tiger there. Tiger there. So top 40 for the new Tiger Woods.
0: Hey, also, you haven't said anything, but I'm pretty proud of myself. I haven't mentioned Austin Batia. By my uh, Batista in so, like six weeks, and he's teamed up four <laughs> times on the DP World Tour. So when well
1: I, s- I saw him, and I was like, "Sky, you get a bit bossing Batista," and I looked at the fact he finished forty fourth on the Euro Pro, and just thought, "I better not bring that." Well, up he missed go.
0: the last four qu- cuts on the DP World Tour. He's been playing, man, and I'm just letting it go. I- I'm proud of myself.
1: What it, it Was wasn't Yannick de Bruyne one of your guys from from a little while ago as well? He, There's he, some he's, weird he's, names in here. I don't know how they've got in.
0: We had the discussion on Twitter a little bit last week on how these guys, you know, got into some of the, the qualifying. Um, is Adam,
1: is here is you know. another one? Is Javier Ategi related to Adrian Ategi?
0: Uh He's twenty-five. Came
1: definitely out. not. Definitely yeah. not his son then.
0: No, I don't know. We could play this game for a while, Tom. I think we've got we to land this plane. Let's, walk, let's us through, walk us through your betting card one more time here.
1: Yeah, so for me, it's Sean Crocker. I think he's as big as 33 to 1, but kind of twenty fives generally. Uh, Paul Waring, we're both on. Gavin Green, we're both on. And Dan Heising was my for sure selection. I do think that Hayden Porteous uh, offers some really high volatile upside. Uh, and Paul Dunn is worth a kind of top 20, top 30 bet.
0: So for me, Wilco Nienaber 35 to one, Paul Waring, 40 to one, Will Bessling, 50s, Gavin Green I think he settled in 80 now. Um, there might have been some 90s as well. Nicholas Norgard moeller 80 to one, David Carey 300, laddering up that up to T20. Same as Stephen Stallings Jr. at 350 to one, all the way to T20. Let's have a week, Tom. Let's let's get over the T2 line, find ourselves a winner, mix in a place or two with that, another top 20. Tom, this is our week. Driving distance, all that matters. Hit it off the planet and you're going to win.
1: If yeah, it's Paul Waring or Gavin Green, we don't mind. It'll be a joint winner. Um, yes. I love it. I mean, let's hope. I thought we were going to break the top two street last week with a third place finish. So I'm, I'm hoping it goes the other way this week.
0: Hey, amen. Let's, let's get over the line here. Best of luck to everybody. Thank you again for listening and we'll catch you next week.